0: The people who know me, they're always telling me, like, stop performing. We want to see, like, the real, the soul of Rock Shark, you know, like, just enjoy. And I, I can make this switch now, and I understand the difference now.
1: Whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Live Hello everyone. welcome to the Baladance Life uh, Podcast, the new episode. I hope that the uh, beginning of September is bringing into your life something new and positive. <laughs> For me personally, last few weeks were quite uh, uh, interesting. There has to be something that I had literally um, to drop down and slow down, and some other things that I definitely needed to push further and one of those things is definitely uh, my uh, new course and some of you who Follow me on social media, you probably know that the whole summer I was working intensely on my new business course for ballet dancers all about gigs and I'm very happy to announce that it's almost ready and probably within the next week already I will uh, put it out and announce uh, publicly. Keep an eye on my social media. The course is really a mega project. It's uh, everything about gigs starting from how to get into and how to start dancing as a solo belly dance at restaurants, weddings, birthday parties at your local area. So we're not talking about going and traveling to middle east but how to do this work literally in your home city and home area. How to put together contracts, how to put together your promotion on social media, YouTube, website, business cards, how to communicate everything with clients how to work with their objections and questions and uh, some uh, requests all sort of requests actually that they may have uh, as well as how to actually put together a program come perform perform smoothly troubleshoot all possible things that may happen during the show and uh, how to make sure that this one-time client transforms into your loyal regular customer who not only will hire you again in the future but also refer to their friends and families and will become a strong advocate and promoter of your services so i literally poured all my knowledge and experience of me being for five years a full-time dancer and it resulted into like really as i mentioned mega courses the biggest course that i ever created with uh, over 30 34 hours of content in more than 100 lectures so you can imagine that if i'm saying it's everything about gigs it literally means everything about gigs so for uh, all of you who may be interested in starting to perform in solo professional, in your cities or to expanding and growing and taking it to the next level uh keep an eye on my social media With the next uh, few days i will release uh, uh, exact dates of when it's coming out and of course during first few weeks will be the best prices so i always recommend to take a look um, at new products and courses while they are launched, because usually it's the best deals for you and now it's uh uh, kind of a good timing because we are slowly start coming out of lockdowns and even if right now we cannot push and go back actively to our dance activities but now it's a good time to prepare and get ready and uh, do all necessary things in advance so once it's time we are fully equipped and we are just ready to go hundred percent into it so uh, keep an eye on my social media um I will do more announcements, of course, I will share more even on podcast, and I'm preparing a special mini-series on the podcast with my episodes, um, but uh, soon will be new announcements, so keep an eye on that. On another note, I'm very happy to feature today amazing artist from Estonia, Maris, but most likely you know her as one of the very active Today's performers in Cairo. By today's I mean not literally (laughs) during quarantine, but in general like one of the uh, Cairo belly dance stars. Maurice has been interested in oriental dance since 2005 then she started taking her first belly dance classes and uh, in 2012 she started teaching regular classes in Estonia and then later workshops around Europe and in Egypt where she started her daily shows. In summer of 2013 in Sharm El Sheikh with Vanessa Show Productions which we of course talked also during this interview the very beginning of uh, uh, Marisa's uh, career in Egypt. In 2016 she worked um On a dance contract in Dubai's famous Babs Al Shams hotels, and after that, she headed to Cairo, where she resides to this uh, day, working in high class weddings, various events, prestigious discos, and Nile Cruise boats with her band. She also participated in different series and danced in video clips and some very famous singers. It was really awesome to hear the story about this guest and how ballet dance like entered and completely transformed her life even with her without her being really intentional uh from the very beginning about like belly, building a ballet dance career but sometimes this dance just takes over our life and we all we need to do is to follow Uh, but also work hard to be ready for those opportunities and life twists and changes that are waiting for us in this uh, amazing uh, artistic industry. And of course, in this interview, we couldn't skip uh, the topic of current uh, quarantines and lockdowns and that everywhere, including Cairo, the life is different and slowed down in terms of dance performances. And Maris shared how she adapts both professionally and uh, personally been in love is valid and so much but how she currently adapts to this uh, worldwide uh, situation so enjoy the interview enjoy the conversation and don't forget to send some love and good wishes to our guests afterwards, uh, because they share their time, they share their knowledge, and hopefully share some inspiration and insights with you. So don't forget to say uh, thank you and send some uh, loves and hearts to them afterwards. Hello, dear Maurice, how are you doing? And I'm so excited to chat with you today.
0: Hi, Anna. I'm also very happy uh, to chat with you, and I'm so. Uh, ready for this interview.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm very excited about it. And I would love to start from the very beginning, because uh, today people know you as a very active dancer in uh, um, primarily Egypt, uh, having a lot of activities. I mean, in general, regardless of today's <laughs> lockdown situations. Yeah. But I would love to start from the very beginning. How did you... Um, how was you introduced to ballet
0: dance? Well, that's, uh, that was very random, actually. I, uh, I was 12 years old. Uh, to be fair, actually, I was 11 when it started in my, uh, town. Like I was brought up in a suburban area of Tallinn, the capital of Estonia. So it was kind of small and there were not that many activities like very near me. But then this belly thing happened and, um, my mother was, like, organizing it, and she was telling me, like, go oh, try. And the first year, I said, like, no, what is this? I'm not going to show my belly to anyone. Like, I was really against it. Well, I was 11. Like, it's normal. <laughs> and then uh, the next year, I tried. And after the first class, I just did it for, like, for, like, a training, not for, like, I didn't want to perform or any of that. But I fell in love with the music. And in this time, it was just, like, Nancy Ajram and Hakim CDs. Like, there was nothing. And there was, I think, no YouTube, like, no way to get music. So even just these two CDs that my teacher had, I was just listening to these on repeat and, like, fell in love from the first moment. Mm. Just, yeah. <laughs> so after this, it it took me, like, years of, like, very normal, like, um, just going twice uh, a week, like uh, like most students do, just for my own fun, like, I never imagined I will perform or work with this. And uh, somehow, some years later, it happened.
1: And uh, when was that moment that you actually uh,
0: liked to show your belly?
1: (laughs) When was that transition for you?
0: (laughs) Well, actually, that, that moment happened much sooner than I would have thought. It was actually in the same year as I was learning Because uh, we started, me and two other girls who were about my age, because most people were older, like, uh, and I think still, like, it's mostly for adults, not for adolescents or children. So uh, we were, like, together the same age, and we started to perform in, like, uh, Christmas parties for school and, like, these kind of uh, really public events, actually. And it all started out like I was pretty shy in the beginning, but uh, I really loved the dance. So this is what made me get over being shy about my like myself, my appearance, my figure. I was a teenager, like I wasn't really confident <laughs> in that time. And this dance really, really changed how I see myself, how I see the world, how I see everything since I was a child. So it's really kind of created who I am today.
1: Mm. But when you started uh, ballet dance and then for a long time after that, you didn't think about that as serious like profession. You just were, like, you were not even considering like seriously performing in public. And then suddenly today, you're basically one of the very active uh, performers in Cairo. <laughs> so how did that happen that you ended up in Cairo? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, like I said, I went through a huge uh, change in myself thanks to this dance. Like I, I wouldn't have thought to do it. Uh, like, uh, what is the word? Like I wouldn't like professionally, uh, but in this time, as I learned and learned, this is this became the thing that I love the most in my life. Like, like this is my like addiction. Like what I need to do all the time. And I remember when I was, like, graduating from high school and people started to ask me, so what you will do with your life? And people actually started to ask me first, like, are you considering to be a professional dancer? I said, no, no, like, I want a safe life. I want, like, uh, steady income. Like, this is definitely not what I want. I remember this was my answer to everyone. Even in this time that I already loved it and I had been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. But life went as it went, like... (laughs) I went to university to study hotel and tourism, and it didn't like it's nothing next to dancing, of course, <laughs> for me. Like, uh, and in the end, I um I was um I was uh, uh, in a competition, in a belly dance competition for uh for um yeah, there was a judge uh, called Vanessa uh, from uh, from the states. So she had a company in. Um, in Sharma Sheikh, and I think you already made a podcast with her as yes, well. Yes,
1: we had interviews with her, yes.
0: Yes, exactly. So uh, she kind of, like, I went to ask for her feedback about my uh, performance, and she told me that, oh, everything was great, but like, I can see you're still like young and a little shy. Like, come to Egypt, and we'll, like, in three months, I swear you will be like, <laughs> like, you will change totally. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna come. And I went to work uh, with her in Sharm Sheik. It was like a summer in between school, so I I could only stay the summer. Mm. Originally, I planned to go only for six weeks, but I had so much fun, and it was really the best time of my life there. Like, it was amazing. I was doing Egyptian folklore. I was doing belly dance. She actually traveled to the States in this time, so I kind of took over many of her shows. And uh, I really learned so much in this short time, thanks to her. So shout out to Vanessa. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And um, I remember in this time, no, it wasn't actually, this was 2013 when all this happened. And then I came back like, to finish school and I gave uh, many uh, dance lessons like I was uh, teaching every day here for one year. And then I went back to Egypt in 2015 Again, to Sharma Sheikh, now for uh, another company. And I was doing only belly dance, then like no more folklore, no more any other things. And I had really so many shows. I had like five, six shows per day. It was really hard, but also really rewarding. And I, again, learned a lot. So I was there for nine months, working, working. I did already consider, like, I started visiting Cairo and thinking like how it would be to work there. But it seemed too scary <laughs> to mm. be fair.
1: What exactly <laughs> was scary?
0: Everything, like Cairo as the city. Like I'm from a really small country. When you walk around, I'm from the capital. I'm not from a like countryside, but still, like you don't see many people around. You have your space. Uh, Estonians are considered like kind of cold. We don't like to touch each other. We don't like to be close to each other. So Cairo is like everything the opposite of that. <laughs> and like even crossing the road was hard. Like I was, first time I went to Cairo, I had like a big bag, I was alone of course, and I couldn't cross the road, and like some random guy just came, took my bag, and started like crossing, and I thought he's stealing my bag, so I like ran after him, but actually this is how he helped me over, because you know it's Egypt, he can't touch me, he didn't know how to speak to me, so he just like kind of got me off the road like. (laughs) So a lot of crazy things like this happened and I just have this memory because it was my first moment in Cairo alone, like just standing near this big road full of cars, can't cross, can't go anywhere, like it was uh, terrible. (laughs) And yeah, of course the work is the same, it's not like charm at all, like it's a completely different planet, I would say, for a beginner. (laughs)
1: But you also, in Cairo, when you start working in Cairo, it was solo work. And as I understood, if I understood correctly, in SHARM, you had, a SHARM and you had more like a part of company. Uh,
0: Yes. Uh, First, I was a part of, uh, like, even groups. And the second time, I was just part of a company, but working, like, only solo performances. Mm.
1: And Mm. what did you, uh, what did give you courage to Start trying your um, skills in Cairo.
0: <laughs> Actually, that's funny, as life always goes. Uh, that was um, after I finished in Sharm, There was a plane crash. 2015, a Russian plane uh, fell down. And all the work in Sharm kind of stopped. All the hotels stopped. Everything, life stopped. So I went to work in uh, Dubai. I worked a six-month contract in Dubai. And I was like, really in between staying because Dubai is really comfortable life, like nothing scary in there. Like it's very for Europeans, it's like home. So I was thinking to stay there. But it was kind of boring, even with my own band in an amazing place, but always every day the same place. So I kind of really wanted to go to Cairo. Also, I found like, like love there, you know, personal life. (laughs) So that kind of made me choose cairo in the end i was really in between dubai and cairo so this time i already found someone and i i went uh, to cairo because of this but also for work because uh, it had been my dream but i just never imagined i will actually go for it because of my character and how really scary the city and everything seemed to me at the time and i was really young i was still 21 or 22 in this time so i didn't have a lot of experience
1: Mm. and if you're talking about um other differences between working in dubai and working in cairo like you mentioned one that or oh, the location is sort of like in dubai it's uh like you're basically performing at the same place for a certain period of time and then may change from time to time uh, but it's more stability in Cairo. it's like gigs like wherever happens like in very different places mm-hmm. but From dance point of view, from, I don't know, like uh, audience, music, performance, costume, whichever other um, aspects, what are the main differences personally for you were between performing in Dubai and then later working in Cairo?
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, I see that things have changed a lot after I was there in 2016, but my personal points, uh, it was very different because... In my place it was for example basically not allowed any shabby like there was it was not allowed this is a high-class place we are performing high-class music like, this was in uh, Dubai Delham. in Dubai mm-hmm. yes there was no shabby allowed we did have a section um, uh, sometimes we were working with uh, the Tanura dancer and we created our own show we were doing Egyptian folklore sometimes and uh, and some shabby was in it. That was kind of okay. But for me, in my belly dance show, I didn't uh, perform any shabby. And uh, they wanted more like... They didn't want only old music. They wanted new music, but not shabby. So I was a little bit like... They wanted more Lebanese style and many kind of different things. So that was maybe harder for me because I'm so used to Egyptian style and Egyptian music. But uh, no, I did... Uh, enjoy there but the transition was really also very hard because going from that where no shabby is allowed going to cairo where in the clubs they want only shabby and the the newest shabby not just some old what old dancers know (laughs) so uh, that was the main difference because even in weddings in cairo they want I have had like very high class weddings in five-star hotels and they ask me, like, "Can you already please enter with this uh, Maharagana sh- or shabi song that they choose? Like they don't even want the entrance sometimes. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like this is very hard um, change for me. But of course, it's not always like this. Um, also, yes, uh, in uh, Dubai, they are very hard about uh, papers and the visas and everything. It's. Uh, much better and safer to stay in one place where you have all your papers because uh, we can't foreigners can't just randomly go around different venues like they have to make a lot of paperwork to do that legally
1: mm. so
0: in Egypt it's a little bit more relaxed <laughs> as everything <laughs> but uh, yeah it's of course it's always better to be uh, safe and legal everywhere especially in these countries
1: mm, yeah that's for sure <laughs> yes <laughs> also speaking about like scary things or uh, potentially scary things uh, uh we often hear some scary stories about working in egypt specifically related to working with different uh, managers and that you can get very uh, easily into different like traps and at the same time that it's very difficult to work in egypt without having a manager um I don't know if you had any uh, like situations uh, yourself that you kind of had to deal and figure out these kind of situations and scenarios, or maybe if you can give some suggestions for dancers who kind of like want to go and start working in Cairo, but they have no connections and they literally don't know how to start, where to start. Is it possible to do themselves? Do we need to find some managers to be able to work in Egypt? Like, if you have any stories or tips, uh, we would be very happy to hear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's. Um, I think this is the hardest part of working in Egypt because the audiences always appreciate, they're so amazing, everything's really amazing, but this is the hard part, like how to get the good work and the good manager because bad ones can really like destroy your life. <laughs> I mean, um, there are some very notorious... Um, Ones who write to uh, foreign uh, dancers, especially trying to catch them like uh, through social media. Oh, come, I will give you a contract with this and this and this. And they offer many, many things that are usually not even in his hands to offer, that they can't uh, make these papers and make the safety for you that they offer. And very big amounts of money, which uh, usually nobody who just goes there, they will not make any big money because they care about the name. Mostly in Cairo, not so much. Like, if you have a really large social media like presence, maybe if you worked in Arabic countries anywhere, maybe. But like, it's really hard to start. You can't really sell yourself as a superstar unless you find this manager who can make this happen. <laughs> so um, that's a hard part, and to find uh, to find this is not easy because uh, I would one thing is to, yes, to go to uh, ask a dancer who's already working there, like, oh, can you help me? But the thing is, like, everybody wants to get their work and nobody wants to just give it away and, like, give their manager away or give their uh, opportunities away to a new dancer, especially nowadays. I don't know what will happen with this uh, new situation in the world with the coronavirus, but before, like, we had literally, I think, in a week there was, like, Two, three new dancers coming. Like uh, Cairo was full of foreign dancers. <laughs> mm. So, and everybody's new, so everybody's working with less money. And like, it's a, kind of a hard situation. And also, like I said, the papers are not easy to make and you can't make it yourself. And managers can't even make it for you. The place has to make it for you where you work. So, and you have to know a lot really to. Uh, I, I don't want to disencourage anyone. Like, if it's your dream, definitely go for it but try to go about it in a really safe way. And um, about and managers, like, yeah, you can ask dancers. If you find someone, this one asked me the name, like, is this one okay? Because I think this much you can trust another dancer that they wouldn't tell you, like, yeah, this one is perfect, he's great. I'm like, well, he's not good. Because we kind of, in between us who work there, we kind of know who's good and who's not. Like, I'm not going to give names here, but, but if anybody is, like, interested, you can write to me and I will answer. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, it yeah. Is, like, it's, it's quite uh, understandable that sometimes uh, uh, dancers may not want to share the names of their managers because, of course, like, everyone needs work and everyone is, first of all, needs to take care of themselves. But at the same time, uh, it's a good option, like, for instance, if someone got a offer from a manager, at least to go and check, like, you know, like a checkpoint, like, oh, do you know this person? Do you know if he's, like, legitimate manager? Because on this side, I'm pretty sure, like, that all dancers would love to support, and if there's anything suspicious, they will at least n- not be silent about that. Uh So also understanding, like, that if someone who wants to perform in Egypt or in Cairo, like, uh, um... Maybe you cannot, like, receive all information <laughs> because for everyone it's, well, like, question of work, but at least you can rely on some, like, support in terms of, like, if you need to check... Uh, um like this or that person and one thing that also caught my attention to you were talking about like contracts because i actually wanted to ask is that like real thing like when you whenever you're working in like egypt or i don't know if it's different in egypt in general or specifically in cairo uh like do the contracts really like a thing between dance and manager because i received a lot of offers on social media from oh i'm a manager come to egypt but whenever i asked okay send me a copy of contract so i'm kind of like have any ideas what you're asking me for like uh, inviting me for basically those people disappeared <laughs> so i don't know maybe probably it was just not legitimate like serious offers but also i don't know like what's the uh, thing with contracts specifically like in egypt and cairo
0: um i guess most of them i can say is they're not legitimate because it's very hard to make this contract to begin with um first of all a manager who's really doing well in cairo they're not going to search for dancers outside there are so many dancers already in cairo there are new ones there are known ones like any manager can find like 10 dancers to work with they're not going to go like searching who will go searching are usually the ones who are really like, you don't want to work with, <laughs> but this, this, I, I, I can't really answer this question. Like, so how should you start? Like <clears throat> you just have to be lucky. And really, I, 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 would say that you should like ask other dancers about this. Like I would like to think that nobody is mean enough for like caring about their own work enough to like lie to you about something like this, because like we're dancers, we're women, we have to stick together about these things. It's important so um but about contracts yeah like um in cairo there of course are legitimate contracts but it's hard to find like there are more fake ones and there are more um, scammers than in other places i think because generally there's so much more work and so many more opportunities for this for them to be in action so even with a, a contract if you have a dancer you trust working or who has worked in any of these places ask her like, you don't have to show the whole contract or, like, if you trust her, you can. But, uh, like, this is what I did. I always asked people who had already been there or, like, knew anything about it.
1: Hmm.
0: And even if you can have real legal advice, that would be good, like anybody from there. Because, of course, the laws are different in Europe and USA and Egypt. So I, I even asked for, like, legal Advice for uh, how how serious is it? I asked, like how serious is it if I like breach this contract and stuff? They told me like, no, that's not so serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's a good point to
1: not be afraid because we are as a dancers, we all think about artistic side of our activities, but then like financial or uh, le- uh, legislation part always kind of scares us and we prefer to run away, or just close our eyes and something. But uh, sometimes it's just asking, uh, asking professional advice. Uh, that can save a lot of uh, nerves and uh, troubles
0: <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> exactly so on. yeah on a different note um talking more from like artistic point of view and your activities in uh egypt you mentioned that when you start doing belly dance you were a very shy person
0: mm-hmm.
1: and all the belly dance uh probably helped you uh, probably changed you a lot and uh, um, helped to highlight like different aspects of your character and personality but we whenever we are very shy uh, since childhood this little shyness still stays in us somewhere <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so how was it for you to become an active performer in Cairo uh, like and uh, uh, having most likely a lot of interaction with different people, with audience performing also for, uh, to like shabby, Makarganad songs that are very, I mean, we can't really say introverted or extroverted or shy or not shy, (laughs) but they have very, like a lot of this powerful energy of, uh, like, uh, out or communication with people, et cetera. How is it for you to, um, maybe still holding this little, uh, shy dancer inside you and uh been performing in cairo or maybe you uh, were so completely changed by ballet dance so maybe you didn't even experience those moments of like uh, having this shy person inside you <laughs>
0: um first of all i went through so much like to get to this point like um i don't know when you say that there's still this shy person inside like Maybe yes, maybe no. But, like, if you think about it, I've been dancing now over 15 years. And in this time, I went to competitions. I, I had feedback from, like, I will always remember from one uh, very known artist, like, world-known artist who's not Egyptian, uh, who gave me feedback that I shouldn't even try. Like, she told me, why are you in this competition? You will never be a good dancer. You're too shy. Oh. You, are, like, you don't have the character for it. And uh, I will always remember her words and of course it was hard at the time, but like these things grew grew me up. (laughs) Like now I can go in front of any audience, any stage, I will never feel shy. Like I am, this is when I'm myself, like when I'm in my costume, when I'm in my music, I feel like this is my place. This is where I feel good and relaxed. Now, these months I've been sitting at home, now I feel like, who am I or what's going on? <laughs> so, um, yeah, like this just completely changed me. Like, of course, not only the dance, life experience, traveling. Uh, I've been meeting so many people from different backgrounds. I've been hanging with very high-class people in Egypt. And, like, I don't like to say high-class, low-class, but, like, it is what it is. And I've been trying to connect with everyone. And not only Egypt, everywhere. Like I try to always put myself in situations between people to learn, and I feel like this is what I have learned. And uh, I feel myself so so different now. Of course, as anyone should feel different from when they're a teenager to an adult. Like now I'm like grown up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, and actually, definitely thanks to dance because uh, I remember when I was teaching. It was really rewarding when I saw teenage girls, I saw them like blossoming, like they came like looking down to the floor and then they were confident. And I saw older women coming to me saying, oh, my back problems went away, you know, it's such a rewarding thing. Like this Mm -hmm. dance is something so beautiful and so healthy and so amazing, at least in my eyes. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, it's uh, like great to experience it myself and see what is it doing to others. It's really something like cathartic or therapeutic,
1: mm. really. Yeah, that's interesting how dance, uh, this dance uh, often changes so much, or change, or maybe just helps to reveal what's real inside.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe. Everything's possible.
1: Yeah, who knows? In your dance performances, uh, do you typically uh, do improvisation or do you do choreographies, if I may ask? <laughs>
0: Improvisation. I don't think I've ever done any choreography in Cairo ever. If I do, um, if I make a choreography for myself, which in the last years I think didn't happen, it's only for festivals. I feel like if it's a really big stage and people are far away from me, maybe I have to have some structure. But usually even when I go on, I still forget it and do whatever because I'm so used to it. Like I always improvise. Mm. Like uh, choreography is more of my weak spot, but it's a great tool for learning and for teaching. So of course I'm still doing it. Like I didn't forget <laughs> what is choreography.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and do you uh, do practices uh, just for yourself?
0: Um, I would like to say yes on a regular basis, but in reality. My practices usually is when I'm giving uh, classes to, uh, I give some private classes online. I opened my uh, pa- Patreon page now in uh, this time. Um, now I have to say it's uh, www.patreon.com slash Maris. <laughs> so uh, now I'm like, I us- usually have a project, but also it happens to me. I think many dancers, I just wake up in the morning in a good mood. I dance around or, Sometimes at night, like I'm just dancing by myself with my headphones on, like it's just kind of a daily thing. I don't usually have a time like today at 2 p.m. I will practice, like not like that, but uh, it just comes naturally to me. I definitely move every day. Mm-hmm. And also I have a lot of friends, uh, mostly who are Arabic. Even even here in Estonia now I have some friends. When we get together, they sing, I dance, they dance. Everybody's like... This culture you know like already when we're just together we dance so it's all like practice for me mm. all the time ah that's so
1: interesting because there is um uh, it's interesting to hear about different experience because for some dances they really like to uh jam around and just dance and for some dances it's actually um opposite like For instance, me, like, I am more connected to the idea of performance, Uh, even if I'm just preparing choreography, not specifically to perform, or choreography or practice improvisation to dance. But uh, uh, it's very difficult sometimes to find this uh, uh, feel of just dancing for the sake of dancing especially when you switch to a a professional activity so dance stops being just your hobby or passion but it becomes your profession and many of us we kind of i feel like almost lose this connection so it's very uh, cool to hear that you kind of incorporated dance in your daily life regardless of your uh, performances
0: (laughs) i know what you mean and i think i've been through that feeling a couple of times in my dance career Like, I just kind of feel like it's not giving something to me anymore. It's just kind of a low point. But, yeah, thanks to the... I would say it's a lot about the people around you. Uh, Of course, you can do it for yourself. At home alone, you can. You don't need people. But for me, it has been my friends who already are living this life. And wherever I go... uh, where I'm with these people, they already play the music, and they already sing, and they already dance. Somebody brings the tabla, and somebody brings sagat. Like, it's normal. It's a part of life. And, mm-hmm. of course, this is what how being in Egypt totally changed this. And even many of these people, they tell me, like, stop performing. We don't want to see you perform now. Like, we want to enjoy. Because it's so different if you're, like, performing or if you're enjoying your dance. It looks different, at least in my case. And people tell me this. And many of the people who know me, they are always telling me, like, stop performing. We want to see, like, the real, the soul of Rock you know, like, just enjoy. And I I can make this switch now, and I understand the difference now. Of course, you need to know how to perform as a professional. You can just go around enjoying your time (laughs) everywhere in front of every audience. But this is um, a really important thing uh, that I have learned, to switch between this, like, a performer and someone who is just really enjoying the music and like expressing the music. So um, I really wish that every dancer can find this (laughs) Mm. because it's really such an amazing feeling and it will also help you in your uh, performance because if you feel this joy, then the performance doesn't feel like a job anymore. You just want to add some extra things to catch more people. Like, you know, and I have sometimes people who are maybe tired, maybe not so interested, maybe they didn't come for dance. I always choose these people who are like this and I make it my mission to catch them like they have to be with me by the end of my show. (laughs) So you need this kind of thing so you can just enjoy. You sometimes need to do other things in the performances.
1: Uh, And regardless of performance, especially right now, I think uh, during the times of lockdown, it's a very valuable skill uh, to learn to dance just for yourself, just for the sake of dancing, not performing. (laughs)
0: yes sure to keep the spirits up to keep the love going you know like it's kind of like a relationship or a marriage like sometimes you have a low point and you get bored or whatever but you have to find this way to get back into this uh, love with your dance (laughs) Mm.
1: i also know that you are very active uh on social media and uh, uh I would love to ask, do you consider like social media? We can even like specify maybe like, I don't know, Instagram. Uh, Do you consider just something like, like, oh, it may happen. And then you post like, uh, do posts just to maybe document your story or to share your experience. Or do you consider it as a uh, promotional tool in your activities? And actually, I would love to ask even how... Uh, important is uh, social media promotion for work in the uh, Cairo or in Egypt
0: mm, I would say it's very important like extremely important and uh, I actually I'm so happy to hear you say that I am very active that you see me very active because I've been feeling like I've not been that active <laughs> um, because in lockdown times really I don't um like many dancers have someone to uh, handle their social media for them because it's really like a full-time job if you're like if you're really posting every day and all your work it's it's not hard it takes a lot of time of your day and um, I have considered this my manager like offered this that somebody should do it for me but then I feel like then it wouldn't be like my own like I like it that it's my own like sometimes I really feel like uh, when I post a video, I write under it, like, what was this day? What was my feelings this day? What happened? Like, I like that it comes really from me and, uh, about stories and everything. It's, um, it's good to show. I think Egyptian people really like it. Sometimes I ask them, like, do you want to see more of my everyday life or just dance videos? What do you want? They always say that we want to see your everyday life. We want to see everything. We want to know everything. Like, uh. Like, this is what I love about Egyptian people, like, they're so, like, out there, you know, (laughs) they care about everything. (laughs) I feel like here in Estonia, my friends or uh, people I know, they're like, I don't want to know what you eat or what you're doing, like, why are you posting this? (laughs) But that's the difference, like, in in Egypt, it's uh, normal, you're like, I think you post everything, like... um, it's just people feel like uh, they're closer to you because uh, they consider themselves like fans. Uh, which maybe in Europe, like, I don't feel like a star in Europe. But in Egypt, some people make me feel like this because they're really saying, I'm your fan. You're my favorite. I want to see what you do. And like, of course, I appreciate this. And I have to keep my social media for them because they make me like have more work and better work. And uh they are important. Fans are super important. Mm,
1: that's interesting comparison, like between uh, countries and cultures and different approach. Um, yes. But I think it also tells about the place of ballet dancers, <laughs> because probably in uh, even in Estonia, people would love to see some like celebrity, what she is like in their mind, like movie star, I don't know, a singer, what they're doing and what they're eating. <laughs> but
0: uh, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and it's, it just gives me like interesting idea, like we're talking about contrast in the approach to ballet dance, so that in many Arabic countries, uh, Of course, there are many people who will not respect the profession of ballet dancer, but at the same time, there are many people who will treat ballet dancers as stars (laughs) and celebrities. It's interesting contrast,
0: yeah. Yeah, and um, I don't know if I've been just lucky or somehow. like For example, if I take my Instagram, I have uh, 50-50 female and male followers. And um, I answer only to um, female followers' uh, messages, which, like, I know it sounds kind of sexist, because, like, why do I make this difference? (laughs) But um, you never know what's gonna come from the others. (laughs) So um, what I want to say is that, like, my female followers are really giving me so much inspiration. They write to me amazing things, and when I feel down or feel bored or feel whatever, like I just open and I see what they write to me and I get inspired to do more and to give more. And uh, I feel like I'm doing the right thing. If people like it so much, then like it must be, I must be doing something right.
1: Mm, so. Yeah, that's so inspiring and supporting. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, you probably, it's social media. So we all from time to time experience uh, negativity on social media. And I'm talking about uh, not constructive, but like the mean negativity. <laughs> How do you deal with it? Because I know for many dancers, it's a blog. They don't even want maybe to start their social media posts. So they don't want to be active there um, because they're afraid of those like possibility of encountering some like negative feedback on negative comments.
0: Well, you're just going to have to take it because it's going to come to everyone. And um, what really helped me the most is uh, when in the same day I get two different uh, messages uh, from one person complaining about I uh, gained weight and another person complaining about why I lost weight. (laughs) (laughs) And this happened actually in two times. Like, I get a lot of messages about my weight. Like, um, it's not really a sensitive topic for me. I've never cared about this number. Like, as long as I can dance, I'm, I'm happy. So, um, like, they can say whatever. Like, I'm, I'm just laughing. Like, it's so funny. And um, this is one thing. Sometimes people write, like, they try to be very constructing and constructive and say, oh, you have to learn. You still have so much to learn from, to dance, da 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 da, da i'm like okay so i will learn like it's not a problem (laughs) but um they just want attention like these people they just need attention they don't have anything to do i guess like you just shouldn't pay attention too much on that Mm -hmm. stuff
1: that's so true (laughs) (laughs) yeah you briefly already mentioned about current situation and lockdown and how you uh not adapt but like what you experience that even like social media we kind of feel like not that active maybe enthusiastic but i would love to ask uh, how did uh, lockdown in general in cairo uh happened was it um gradual something that you kind of get um prepared for or was it sudden that everything just stopped
0: Uh, It was so sudden, everything stopped, like I think everywhere, like my last show was in the beginning of March, I don't remember which day, I just, I had just come back, actually I was traveling for a wedding in another country and I just barely got back, like I almost got stuck, but uh, then I did one show also, it was in the beginning of March, suddenly all the um, clubs were closed, all the gatherings were shut down, I think like everywhere in the world um we had the curfew 8 p.m you had to be home like from 8 p.m till I think 6 a.m you couldn't go out of your home and uh, in the daytime everything was open just maybe restaurants weren't working Mm, but I didn't go out really I was like sitting in the apartment for about three months didn't even go to buy food I ordered food home like um because I didn't feel like going out. Like it was allowed in the daytime, but there was nothing to do. And full of, like Cairo is very crowded, full of people and nobody taking care. Like they do not follow social distancing <laughs> by principle. <laughs> so um, for me, it was just, um, I was sitting at home. I um, I did get offered a few um, private gigs, but I didn't go because it's dangerous. <laughs> And uh, even uh, police was uh, hunting these people. Like there was a really famous uh, singer whose sister got married, and he's really famous and important. But the, the police still came to the wedding and arrested people. And like it, it it wasn't easy this time. Like like I know some people went to work did something, but uh, I I didn't.
1: Mm. And uh, um, how was it emotionally for you? Like uh, was it? Uh... Like, shock and, like, loss? Like, okay, what to do? Because now all performances cancelled. Or was it more, like, for you, uh, opportunity to take a rest and break?
0: <laughs> Honestly, the first was, yes. Like, oh, my God, I can just do nothing. How amazing. Like, I started to read books. I did, like, books I would never have time for. Like, I read Nagib Mahfouz and, like, very good Arab writers and things I normally wouldn't have time for. And I started to um, do a lot of yoga and uh, like I found a lot of time for myself and I enjoyed like I would say the first month I really enjoyed it like I was happy it happened kind of because I was overworked a bit and like anyway it was the time when I was supposed to have my yearly holiday every uh, Ramadan which is the holy month there is no dancing in Cairo so I always come to just spend this month and relax in, uh, in my country. So it was exactly about this time. So I was really needing this holiday already. But um, I didn't travel. I just stayed there. I I enjoyed my time. But as time went by, it just kept going and going. And then I felt like, oh, my God, like, what is this? (laughs) Like, of course, I started to miss my work and miss my life. Like everyone, I think, in the world. Like, I think it was a shock for everyone. But especially about my work, that I couldn't basically do anything anymore. I just gave... uh, private classes in online, that's it. And um, I did have uh, plans to make shows at home, like some dancers were putting up uh, live performances in social media and I had all these plans, but I had some block. like I felt like I don't want to do it. So actually I didn't like, I just filmed some of my uh, uh, like practicing sessions or whatever, but I didn't really make a show and people were asking me, and I felt bad, but, like, so for, for some reason, I couldn't. Like, I felt like I can't do it just mentally. Like, I can't put on a costume and smile and dance to camera after sitting at home for three months.
1: <laughs> mm. You know, it's funny. I had exactly the same, like, uh, feeling. Like, I had so many invitations to those online shows, but it just feels sometimes, like, I don't know, just feels weird. <laughs> and not nothing wrong with the shows. It's just for some of uh, uh, us, uh, uh, like, just feels different and uh, uh i guess i bring attention uh, of people to this because uh sometimes if you get like refusal from someone to participate in something uh can be online show or like i don't know interviews even like you always need to remember also it's not necessarily that they are refusing like you (laughs) you don't Mm -hmm. need to take it personally just sometimes person may be in the state that like it's not the time for them like they don't feel
0: (laughs) exactly and i heard this actually from many dancers dancers were posting like that they were going through a really weird hard time mentally because it is like it's your life daily work 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 like this is what we live for so hard to have like uh, like family life or relationships or even friends like with this kind of work schedule that we have there and suddenly this life is gone (laughs) it's i think any human would feel it like strongly and artists are usually more sensitive to these things i think we all went through like everyone like even who was maybe doing it as a hobby but really loves it like let's say in Europe, like uh, something very big was just taken away from you suddenly. So it just it affects you more if it was your daily life mm. if, uh, I- instead of, for example, once every weekend or whatever, something like this.
1: Yeah, that's true. But as far as I know, right now you're in Estonia. So at some point you took decision to uh, go back to your uh, country, home country.
0: Yes, it was a really tough decision, like I really didn't know what to do, should I stay, should I go, but uh, I thought if I'm not working I should be with my family because I've been traveling for like more than five years, I have new like nieces and nephews and like relatives I don't really know (laughs) and I should spend some time here and like be with my family and I actually feel like this is what I needed. And I'm in the right place right now, but like I'm definitely planning to return to Egypt. I still have my apartment there, I still have my like hundred kilograms of costumes there. <laughs> my babies my babies are there.
1: <laughs> That's a nice way to describe costumes. Hundred kilo of costumes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, because everybody's like when I say this because everybody is asking me this question, like so are you here now, or are you going? Uh, what do you have there and they say like uh, my costumes are there they say why did you didn't bring them like yeah it's 100 kilograms how i'm gonna bring them all here like just for this time <laughs> it's not that easy
1: yeah, yeah. and uh, how was for you um from dance point of view coming back to Estonia after having experience of uh, being away for a long time <laughs>
0: it was strange <laughs> to be fair I haven't been here for that now I'm already two months here and I haven't been here that long for years but it's great to meet up with old friends and uh, actually the greatest part is I already found like a small Arab community here and like some Egyptians and like they make me feel like home <laughs> That's so, uh, interesting. I have right now I feel like I have everything here, like from both sides, like the things I missed from Estonia and also the craziness of Egypt. So I have, um, actually I feel like I'm in a really good place, but I miss my work so much. Like if somehow I could make this situation disappear, I would fly to Cairo tomorrow. Like I would, even though I'm enjoying, like it's still not like the life I had mm. before.
1: Well, hopefully uh, all situation get back uh, uh to normal or normal or uh, normal like what we used <laughs> lifestyle uh before hopefully it will get back to that uh, soon or sooner or even better <laughs> yes uh yeah that's true and uh we can keep enjoying and uh, things that brought us uh, happiness and smile even like before lockdown, but now also take with us some new discoveries because I'm pretty sure during this time, a lot of us had some interest in realizations and discoveries uh, about many different things. And first of all, about ourselves. So hopefully we'll take good things with us, but then come back to all positive things that were we were enjoying before.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Really, I hope so. And uh, I think this time will make us appreciate everything more. Like even like a simple show as a guest or as the dancer, like before maybe it was something simple, but now like I appreciate more. Like if I have even a chance to see another dancer now, like I really take it in. Like I'm not going to sit in my phone or like I'm going to (laughs) focus. And even in the first in my own show, the same, like I will appreciate every show more now sure
1: i also know that currently during um, a lockdown you start being uh, even more active on uh, online teaching and you already mentioned your patreon account that I will put link in the show notes. Uh, But can you tell us more to our listeners where uh, they can find, first of all, follow you in general uh, and your current activities, as well as where they can find your online uh, classes and what to expect at your online classes?
0: Okay, so my social media is mostly my Instagram, Mm, Maristot Telegancer. Um, I do post to Facebook also. I have a page called Just uh, Maris, But uh, I haven't been able to be so active in both places because I feel like it's just so much. I'm not really a social media person, actually. Like, I don't maybe enjoy it so much, but, like, it's necessary for the work. Um, But about online classes, yes, I started with uh, Patreon in the lockdown. And I wanted to, because I have many, many followers who... Say that they haven't learned anything, like they are beginners. So I made the first videos uh, like beginner-friendly, like basic technique. So um, it's good for reminder for someone who has already like learned it, or someone who hasn't learned anything. They can go and they can start from there. But now that I have already uploaded the basic stuff, now I'm gonna go to the more um, deeper subjects. I want to. Basically, there will be about two videos per month. Sometimes I put uh, three also, but like for two is for sure. And I want to go over everything, all of the body conditioning, all the physical things, like uh, body part by body part, like upper body, lower body, all this. And uh, then I want to go into different styles and I want to do choreography. Like everything will come. It will become like a collection of uh, everything I can teach. It will just come in time, but the system there is that it's a monthly prescription. So you pay um, every month and you get these videos, uh, the new ones, and also you keep the old ones forever. So it's kind of like a support system for the artist also. Um, Many dancers have like a course that you just uh, buy a course and you get like five classes or something. But mine is like this Patreon system is different. It's just... um, monthly uh, prescription and it's uh, the more um, the earlier you prescribe the uh, cheaper it will be because in time there will be more and more videos so it will be more valuable so right now is a good chance to get it much cheaper because I still have only a few videos so it's a good time to join if you like my style if you want to study with me uh, suitable for beginners and even more advanced tensors. But so far I haven't put anything very difficult for very advanced tensors. These things will come a bit later but even before you join you can see what's already up there so you can decide for yourself
1: and i will put link in the show notes, so everyone can check both your social media pages and the uh, patreon platform and see if it's uh, uh, suitable for them or not uh keeping in mind that the longer they wait the higher prices will go <laughs> Uh, Maurice, I would love to uh, thank you so much for spending uh, this time with us and sharing your experience both uh, experience in Cairo and your current experience of adapting to new situations still new, it's already for a while but it still feels like a new <laughs> situation <Definitely. laughs> uh, and I'm pretty sure for many listeners uh, they were curious about some things uh, that we talked about and for some dancers they just needed to hear that they are not alone maybe in their struggle so thank you so much for spending time and being open to talk about all these uh,
0: topics (laughs) yeah thank you for uh, really I enjoyed this chat with you and uh, you have really good positive energy which I can feel through the phone already (laughs) (laughs) thank
1: you (laughs) thank you so much and um, uh, hopefully all our dreams uh, uh, will come true soon and I'm talking right now about our like now dreams, current dreams of uh, uh, get back to our activity. So wish you all the best with that. And I would love to sum up our conversation with our traditional question of the podcast. I don't know if you uh, heard it before from previous episodes or no. I'm not sure if you prepared answer. It will be improvised on spot. But the question is uh, both easy and difficult <laughs> at the same time. So the question is... What makes you fall in love with ballet dance again and again, so you keep doing it for so many years?
0: Hmm, I'm gonna improvise that answer. Sure. (laughs) I can do everything else. (laughs) Um, actually, it's um, one thing is that it's um, so there's so much to learn. I love learning. And I feel like it will never be enough, like I can never learn it all. Like there's so much to learn all the time. It keeps me like developing myself. Even like I said, it uh, develops my character and is still doing it. And it keeps my mind open to many things as I travel the world, thanks to this work and to to meet different people. And uh, also just the musical, the artistic aspect, it just, this music makes me feel alive, and you can express uh, sad emotions, happy emotions, all kind of emotions through that. It's so versatile in every way. Um, also, it keeps me healthy, uh, my body healthy, keeps me feeling feminine and beautiful. Even if I gain some weight or lose some weight, whatever, whatever is happening to me at at this moment, this dance always just makes me forget the rest of the world around me. So um, these are just a couple of things that really make me love belly dance. There are definitely more, but uh, this is my improvised answer for now. (laughs)